Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Socks live show. Nate and I, every Monday here, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we go live to answer your guys' sports card questions. And anything else you have regarding the sports or sports cards, we will sit here and answer it. Nate, thank you so much for joining me on another Monday. It's great to be here. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Question. I have a question right off the bat. What's up? Are those prism boxes filled back there? Those are empty. 2017, pri- oh, 2017 prism. I opened that. When I was a sophomore in college, do you want to know how much I paid for that box? Let's see, 2017 Prism. Is that a retail box or a no? That's hobby a box? that's a hobby box. That's a Prism hobby box. Uh, ninety. Hundred. I think it's one hundred and five dollars. Still, still, it's that thing Incredible. went up. I think to like two thousand five hundred, three thousand dollars, maybe. Uh, at its peak, I'm sure it's back up around there right now too. And then the other one is a 2019 Prism Blaster that. Uh, what's his name? Central Valley Cards gifted me, and those are three hundred dollars now. A blaster? Yeah, three. three yep, three hundred bucks for a blaster. Three hundred dollars for a blaster. That's absurd. I know. Twenty dollars retail. Isn't that crazy? All right. So before we jump into, it, welcome everyone. I see Ziggy in the house. Uh, that T two hundred six guy, Zach Jacobs. I see you guys in here every week, and uh, Joel as well. We are excited to talk some sports cards, but before. Oops, that's not what I want. There we go. Before getting into it, Slab Stocks Breaks. So if you guys joined it, you guys saw the title, Slab Stocks Breaks. If you're active on our Instagram, you heard about it. If you're active in our, in our Discord, our sports card Discord, you heard about it. We are launching Slab Stocks Breaks, which we are making sports cards accessible to you all. No matter your budget level, we're going to try to find breaks that can fit your budget and you can get you guys sports cards in your hands easily. And we are shipping worldwide for that too. We are putting in the extra effort to make sure that whoever wants to get their hands on sports cards can get their hands on sports cards. In the past, we've never offered an actual tangible product. It's just been YouTube videos, posts, podcasts, information, newsletters, you know, anything you can think of digitally. But now we really want to get into the world of, you know, the tangible product, breaking world, sports cards, hobbyists. Um, you know, we're, we're looking to really help you guys out and hopefully get you guys some sweet cards and for ourselves, you know, host a real content-based live stream around this too. It's more than your average break. We're not just going to sit here and just rip through the packs in two seconds and, you know, marry on your way, see the cards, don't see the cards, whatever. We're going to sit there and make sure that you are engaged with us. And we're going to talk about the cards, talk about the sets. Nate's going to give a lot of insight on some baseball, uh, Bowman Chrome prospects and whatnot. And uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. This is going to be awesome. I'm really excited for it. Our first break is happening tomorrow night. So, Oop, I got to get to the presentation. There we go. So if you're wondering how to order it, these products are not live on the website yet. As you can see, it says no products were found matching your selection. We'll put the products live either tonight or tomorrow morning. I do not have an exact time that I'm launching these products yet, mostly because I had to figure out a couple things to make them go live. But we will be announcing in our Slab Stocks Discord server for sports cards. Last week, if you were watching, we just made a Pokemon Discord server. And then everyone's like, where's the sports card Discord server? And we we're like, you know what? Let's do it. So we gave the people what, what they want. And we started the Slabstock sports card Discord server, which already has over 900 people in it uh, in the span of, I think, like five days. So pretty incredible. Over five days, we have over 900 people interacting, asking questions about sports cards, anything, everything. It's got all the sports in there that you could be looking for. And also in this is where we're using our announcement tab to really communicate with you, our audience, our followers, our supporters, things about breaks, things about Slabstocks Pro, things about anything that's going on at Slabstocks. And it's really a way for you all to reach us directly because both myself and Nate and also Slabstocks Sam 
are active in it, uh, you know, in there with accounts and talking to you all. It's not just you guys can't message, you know, it's not just an announcement page for us. It really is a discussion board where we're helping all of each other out, learn about cards and uh, find out a more. Bit, I would say a little bit easier to contact us there than through direct message even too. It, it's way easier because in direct message, I mean, there's just tons that come in and they get lost really easily and you got to accept them and everything and dig around and they get, like I said, lost very easily. But if you're in the Discord server, you know, if you tag us in something, it gives us a little red notification um, yep. on, on the actual Discord server, which is really cool. And it's a really good way for you all to connect with us. So it's on the screen, but there's also a link in the caption of this video. It's the first link. Click it, join. It's so easy to join a Discord. It really is just like two clicks unless you don't have an account, but then it's a couple more clicks. Either way, it'll be great. And I'm announcing the first break here. I told you guys that in the Discord server today that the first break will be announced. We are ripping... Mosaic Blasters, Mosaic Hangers, Mosaic Silo Packs, Chronicles Mega Box, uh, Chronicles Blaster, and Chronicles Hanger Box tomorrow night. So the first break, Wednesday night, we are marketing it as 7.30 Eastern Time. Those times are subject to change week to week for our breaks, and we will be doing them twice a week, most likely Wednesday and Thursday, but we will keep you posted on that as well. We don't have the exact schedule nailed down. Sometimes that's subject to change as well, like Nate might be ripping Bowman this Saturday. We need to nail down those details too, but... Yes, uh, as for the Mosaic Break, packs will be going live either tonight or tomorrow. Be sure to join that Discord server because that is where the first link will really be put into there on Instagram. So if you follow us on either of those two pages, you will get the details on those releases and what packs are going to be available. And this is going to be really limited supply to start, but hopefully we can scale from there and make sure that you all can get your hands on packs. There will be pack limits per person. Because we really want to make sure that we get everyone involved that wants to get their hands on sports cards and learn about sports cards and give everyone a chance to get it versus, you know, if you go on and try to buy from Panini or Tops, chances are you're not getting anything if you're just the average user. Um, so that's why we're doing this. And there will be two separate configurations for the breaks tomorrow. Some will be by pack and then we'll have one break for a team break like you might be used to. But most of them will be by the pack. So it is a really cheap entry level for you, for you all that you won't have to worry. Do I have you know, 50, 60, 70 dollars to buy a team with, you can go and get yourself a $10 pack or, or whatnot, depending on the product. And uh, that would be pretty exciting. So we're really excited for that. Uh, we're, like I said, we're shipping worldwide. We're really making sure that we're getting these in your hands and that there's we're trying to take away the barrier to entry for sports cards for everyone. And this is just another thing that can add into our mission statement. It's definitely new. It's definitely not something we've done before, but we're really excited to, to delve into this. We're going to be really organized, make sure shipments are getting out quickly and we're getting the cards in your hands. Aside from USPS delays, I will say that USPS is very yeah. backed up right now. So yeah, it's not just tr check the tracking. The tracking will go out very soon to your order, but just make sure you're watching the tracking to know actually when it's coming. Um, if we can jump to the comment section here very quick, just uh, yeah, show some things before we get into the thing. Number one, hey Joel, hey Dwayne, they both said hey Aaron and Nate. Uh, oh, hey guys, for joining. A um, couple things from Zach that I liked, so I'm just going to bring them up here. Talking about Talon, Horton, Tucker. Do not buy uh, THT. He's going to be a bit player for the Lakers, and he is priced right now like he's an all-star game contender. Obviously, you've had a lot of fun with the, uh, the memes and THT uh, recently, um, and it's gone over quite well. I will say that I am of the mind that any player that looks like he might get any amount of time at all nowadays is probably a buy and just sit and wait for him to explode for a day or two and then – so wait, but Would let's make agree? it clear that let's make it clear that THT already blew up for a day or two 
and it should be correct Un- unblown up players yes okay so i just want to make sure people know that who's watching because there's some people out there that are reading my posts and saying like oh my gosh you're pumping tht oh, Dude, I, I can't I, even tell I, you. I, that was one guy i saw it he's just butthurt um, I can't even tell you the amount of times I just hit that laughing emoji. Like it's so funny seeing people just flock to these cards after he comes off the bench yeah. in a preseason game. But I do agree with that general sentiment. I mean, there's going to be guys from 2019 Prism, 2017 Prism that get a shot this year that haven't in the past and are going to like 5X in price because they get like yeah. 20 minutes in a game and score like 10 points. Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Literally, you go find the cheapest $3 green Prism, $4 green Prisms you can of any guy that looks like he's going to get minutes, I've got a guy in mind, but he's also one of my favorite players, and I just want to buy him for my personal collection, so I'm not going to say, say it out loud. But, because I want to get him cheap still, <laughs> I can get him into my personal collection. But I eventually, some of these guys are going to have like a 28-point game where they hit like seven threes, and people are going to flip out. And uh, it's going to be terrible money all over the place. But, hey, not wrong. And then there was one more before we get started um, talking about LeBron James and will remain extremely relevant long after retirement due to his various business and standing in the world. And this is also true. You know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA that people are like, oh, just get him to the Hall of Fame and then sell, right? You know, buy this guy, he gets the Hall of Fame, sell. For LeBron, since his goal is to become the next billionaire like Michael Jordan and he's doing, you know, uh, the movies and these commercials and... Uh, buying into companies and stuff, making schools. I feel like I feel like opening schools. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys that also owns a franchise eventually and does a billion other different things that will keep his name relevant until he's like eighty, and people will always want LeBron cards until he's eighty. You mean for the rest of the time? <laughs> well, you, you get you get what I meant. I meant he yeah. will try to stay relevant well yeah. into no. I into I agree. Older years. I get what you're saying. Yeah. No. I, no disagreement for me. I 100% agree. Yep. Also, I saw you brought that THT thing. You know what products THT is in? Mosaic, Mosaic. basketball. Yeah, we're going to pull some. T- <laughs> what, what did Optic Hollows start at? Optic Hollows were like $5, I think, before that game. And that now they were going up to like 65 I think, as of after yesterday's game. I saw somebody in our chat that said it was like up to 120 it, some some of the sales, you know, like when there's like no supply on eBay, and then a bunch of people come out and list them. So it like went up to 100. I remember seeing, and now it's like around 65, I think. But we will pull some silvers and maybe a Genesis tomorrow night. I'm really looking for that Genesis. If we hit one, you already know I'm going nuts. And also, Alex says that they're back up to 100. So I checked this morning. I was seeing 65. Maybe they're back up to 100. Oof. All right, should we dig into the questions here? Yeah, let's do it. With BGS graded cards going downhill and more people preferring PSA, is it possible to see BGS being more valuable in the future, say 10 to 20 years down the line, have a LBJ Tops Chrome BGS 9 and just wondering whether in 10 years time the supply of BGS 9 will be so low that it'd be worth more than a PSA graded card? I've got a perfect analogy here, I think, and this is from Anthony. Um, I'm thinking like when you go into a store and you see all the Nikes on the wall, like a footlocker, but you look at the clearance rack and you see that like off-brand something. What is pulling in the 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 big dollars? Is it the Nikes or is it the clearance rack? Because that's exactly what's going to happen in ten years. BGS cards are going to be on the clearance rack. There's going to be not much demand for them. Well, and sure, sure, 
Sure, you might be able to say that the supply is lower, so maybe it should be worth more. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. The only difference is that they're still buying the Topps LeBron James card. I know. I so know the Topps card would be the Nike or the Adidas or the Under yeah. Armour. Yes. I don't yes. know how you would make BGS 9.5. It'd maybe be like an off-white Nike or a... Uh, Normal uh, Jordan one or something, <laughs> you know, or some other designer, some other designers, Nikes are on the clearance rack and then there's off white Nikes on the wall. And you okay. want the off white ones because that's okay. popular. That's probably a closer analogy, but here's my point. Regardless of if in 10 years, there's lower supply of BGS graded cards just because people stopped using them. If BGS becomes irrelevant in that sense, no one's going to buy a BGS nine over a PSA nine or a BGS nine over PSA 10 or whatever it might be. Um, if BGS actually does go downhill and becomes irrelevant, the grades are going to be irrelevant and they're not going to be held to the standard that they used to be. And if you were holding a nine, I would recommend either flipping in and buying a PSA nine or cracking and sending it to PSA if it looks like you get a PSA nine. That's my thoughts. And I know that my analogy wasn't perfect. No, what, if you have a, what if you have a BGS 10 asking for a friend? Well, you definitely don't have a BGS 10. Not, <laughs> not, not a LeBron, but say you have a BGS 10 of any card. Okay. Uh, if you have a BGS 10 of any card, like are you saying should I cross it to a PSA 10 type of thing? Yeah. At what point are we going to hit the point where BGS 10s are less than PSA 10s because people hate PGS? You think we're I ever going to get there? I, I, I seriously think in the next two years it could happen. And I've already seen PSA 10s closing the gap on BGS 10s by like a wide margin. Um, does it ever happen? I don't know because technically it's like held at a higher standard because it's a pristine versus a gem mint actually. Like because PSA calls a 10 a gem mint. Becca calls a 9.5 a gem mint. Do I think it will happen? Odds are probably slim, like especially in two years, but I'm, I wouldn't be surprised, I'm saying, if in two years PSA 10s are like like value as BGS 10s. Yeah, I can see that too. I think a lot of people are going to take issue with me saying that, but I've seen the trend happening over the last year, and it's been crazy. All right, this is a fun one. First off, Sam Dunks. One year from today, he made his first podcast ever, December 14th, 2019. He covered the NBA trade deadline last winter, and it's crazy. Already a year he's been making a weekly YouTube or podcast show that you listen to and love, and it's awesome. I mean, we, Sam's been a huge asset to our company and helping us grow and helping us grow in the basketball world, and we just want to say thank you to Sam. I know he's not able to watch right now, but I'm sure he might hear this later. He saw my Instagram post, too. But uh, yeah, we really appreciate Sam. I know that a lot of you do too. So maybe shoot him a DM or a comment on Instagram uh, or in the Discord if if you stumble upon him because he really does put in a lot of effort, especially with how busy he is elsewhere. And uh, that's really where you know the effort comes in, and we appreciate it a ton. Every Monday he gives up his entire day to do a show for you guys and for us too. And I think we all should be thankful for that for sure. Yeah, but the amount of the amount of research that goes into shows. You know, we don't have research teams behind us uh, that a lot of podcasters will just have a research team. They'll come up with stuff. They'll give it to them and they just spew it out. We don't have that. Sam puts in a lot of work to get all the research done for his show on Mondays. And it's, yeah. uh, it's significant. He does. He does. And with that, uh, this question said, why don't you guys like Kobe White? The Bulls have a new coach and look how he played after the All-Star break. You'll get more consistent minutes this season. It will be the second option. So Nate relayed this question to Sam, and Sam came back and texted me saying, hey, Aaron. Well, he texted me, but I forgot to respond and didn't uh, also forgot to put anything in until like five minutes before the YouTube live. I put this in. You didn't put this no, in. No, no, no. No, I understand. He oh. texted me, and I was supposed to do something about it, and I completely forgot. I see. So he let me know 
that there was, it appears to be 11 episodes to where Sam has talked about Kobe White in 2020 alone. And he listed the dates here if you want to go back and listen. And I know in 99% of these, he's talked good things about Kobe White. Now, this question might be stemming from the fact that I have mentioned in past live streams, $700 for a Prism Silver PSA 10 Kobe White seems to be too much, as, along with RJ Barrett, along with Cam Rash, along with a, a lot of these 2019 guys. Based off of that, it's one year that they've been playing, and $700 is a lot of money to hinge on one year. It has nothing to do with Kobe White as a basketball player, and if you want to hear Sam's takes and break down his, his, his game and everything and how his role on the team changes with that coach and everything, he did a great job of when they got a new coach talking about that. So I highly recommend going and checking out, I think it was the October 6th show when they got the new coach. December 8th was when he's talking about budget buys last week, and he talked about them there too. And he was a popper on that list. If you were wondering, uh, the 90 of you here, you don't have to go watch the episode because he, he marked uh, Kobe White as a budget popper. But that's all we got on this one. I mean, I, I think Kobe White's sweet, but I also think $700 for a Prism Silver PSA 10 is a lot of money spent. <laughs> and that's that's the thing. Also, I think it might have been it might have been from me because I was listening to a couple podcasts and those guys have insiders all over the place. And a fair number of people with inside the NBA have been saying that they think he's a six man of the year type of guy and not a starter long-term for the Bulls. But in the short term, the Bulls are bad, probably a starter. Hey, they also passed on uh, a point guard in the draft. So maybe that's them putting their their uh, putting their faith in them. But GT Black, he always comes through. He always comes through with the Super Chat, and he always comes through with putting me above all you guys. I love Blue it. Blue Velocity is not above Hyper Pink. Oh, yes, it is, value-wise. Just kidding. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Kyle Guy Base Auto, uh, when I was working at the shop last year, the amount of times I saw Kyle Guy Autos out of Origins, Origins Basketball is a crappy product, but uh, <laughs> just unbelievable the amount of uh, uh, Kyle Guy Autos I saw out of the one shop. Everyone, every single time, so disappointed. Look at this, the disrespect on Sam. GT Black on Sam's one year at Slab Stocks has put him as a Kyle guy based on a redemption. <laughs> Good thing Sam's not here. You don't got to worry about him seeing that. Uh, oh, boy. Holy cow. Nate, you want to sum this thing up for me and not read the entire thing so people don't get bored? Oh, oh I think... actually read this before. I read. This I was about before. to say, you think I read this before putting it in? Oh, I read it before putting it in. I'll sum it up then. Uh, this is basically, so I know last week we had a ton of discussion around Junk Wax 2.0. And if oh. this is Jungle X Era 2.0, and the card collector here is I talking about <laughs> Brian is just going in. Oh, ah, I've been shot again. <laughs> Love it, Brian. What's up, Global Sports Card Investor? Uh, glad to have you here. But this question is talking about Jungle Wax Era 2.0. And last week we were just dissecting a lot, and there's a lot of chat in the uh, live chat about it too. And basically, the theory behind the card collector here is that back in the 90s, he's saying that there was 90% or whatever the, the numbers. He's just saying today there's 10% of the demand that there was in the 90s. Is his prediction possibly? Or it could be lower. And my thought is that that's impossible. There's no way that there's only 10% of the demand that there was in the 90s today. And I know that's hard to tell back then because there's no social media to gauge because you can't be like, oh, people have this many followers or anything or there's this much money being spent. But at least in terms of dollar amount, I'd venture to say that right now it's like five times bigger than the junk wax era. 
in terms of dollars being spent, taking into account inflation and everything. Yeah. I really also, think that go ahead. Uh also the the that would mean the base cards would only need to be printed five hundred thousand times for each base prism card, and that number is not that far away. That's absurdly far away. If there was five hundred thousand or four hundred thousand or three hundred thousand cards out there, a base, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna refer to baseball here instead of basketball because I know those numbers better. Ronald Lacuna, tons of tops update base cards. There's sixteen thousand PSA tens, but there's like 25,000 total graded and there's no chance that there's another say it's only 200,000 we're 300,000 away from 500,000 there's no chance there's another 175,000 sitting out there ungraded I hey I think so I'll tell you this I think that there are people on random numbers and, and in 2011 there were 100,000 trials produced but what about now? Heard. you think there's I, you, you think there's 175,000 say there's 200,000 you think there's like that many Ronald Lacunas out there not graded yeah, you got to think that there's at least another like 10,000 grade by BGS probably. Fair. Or maybe Fair. another like 7,000 grade by BGS. And I'm not saying that you're wrong too. Like I think that there's definitely 150,000 Zions made or more. There's already fifth, There's already like 25,000 in the pop report, 13,010s. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like 200,000 Zions made. But I also don't think it matters. I don't think it matters because prices will adjust based on what – the demand is, you know, like based on how many PSA grades are out there, based on how many cards are out there, the prices will fluctuate. People know that data now. Back in the day, people didn't know that data. People had no idea if everyone in the 49 other states had a Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck, upper deck rookie. Now everyone knows how many PSA 10 Aquinas are out there. If there was no PSA pop report and people didn't have online to sell these days and there's this much money demand, the Acuna PSA 10s would be worth way more because people would want them because they wouldn't know how many were out there. But now yeah. they do. And I think that the pop report just, you know, regulates itself with the buying demand to where it doesn't matter if there's 500k PSA 10s, those become worth worth less dollars in the in the near term. Yeah. Also a point, obviously there's inflation of the dollar. Yeah, that's why in this. But everyone collected back then, those boys weren't spending lots of money like they are people do now. Uh we've just watched Record after record after record after record after million dollar after million dollar after million dollar sale for cards. And even with inflation, those things weren't happening back in the 90s. Yeah. So I don't know what that's trying to prove uh, for, and, uh, for junk wax era, but I do think there's huge money in it. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Yeah, especially when we're talking like all these uh, fractional share companies plus investment funds are coming in and scooping up all these cards to you know put away, actually. That takes cards away from the pop report, too. Remember that. It takes cards out of the market. Yeah. All right, J-Dog, does PSA sponsor slab stocks? That's a no. We just talk about it because it is what people prefer. It's what we prefer, technically, and it's what you know the market has dictated is the cards that determine the values most likely and uh, the fluctuating cards in demand. And it's got the best pop report. I can guarantee you that. BGS's pop report is ridiculous to search now, don't go and try because you'll have a headache by the time you're done all right oh also the card collector i should say we were uh dissecting this question from a informational view and we do appreciate this question because i do appreciate everyone's opinions when it comes to this um this talk and junk wax 2.0 talk but uh you know from the sense of of some of the points brought up i do disagree with them but there's nothing against you. We love that you're asking this question. We love that you're engaged with slab stocks too. So thank you. We appreciate that. We always need differing opinions because otherwise it would be pretty lame around here. Right, Nate? <laughs> also, also very true. Uh, and, and one more point is that everyone's guess is just their best guess since mm -hmm. you could never get 
all the information you need together to know. Yeah, it's not like the tops is sitting here. The only people that have us. that information are tops and panini. Yeah. No one like there's never been a this is a hundred percent what the print run is on a prison base card. There's never been that. We're just all guesstimating off of packs in existence and PSA grades and everything. All right. I really like this question. Uh Rockin Rhino asked a great question here. Can you guys talk about Luka Doncic possibly not signing anymore for Panini and how that affects his auto prices? I know LeBron autos go for a premium, which is true. I'd expect Luka autos to do the same if he all of a sudden stops signing for Panini. So interesting point here. Luka Doncic has on-card autos from 2018 product, which is his rookie year. He has the Luka Doncic NT RPA. He has Immaculate. He's got all those products. Now, a lot of people rumor that his mom signed them. If you see the Lulu, the loop-de-loop, uh, a lot of people say his mom signed those. We don't know for sure. That's just uh, you know people guessing here and there. If you look up Upper Deck Exquisite, Luka Doncic auto looks much different. Those are on-card that there are pictures of him signing. So there's some validity to people bringing it up. But my point is here is that this question makes sense. And I do think that there's a chance that Luca does not have an autograph deal with Panini anymore. If you look at 2019, the only cards that are autographs from his second year are sticker autographs from Crown Royale, from a product like Contenders, from a product like, I don't know, there's like one other I saw. All sticker auto. Those are probably stickers that they had since his rookie season. Panini, no on-card autos, none of that. No autos in NT, no autos in Immaculate 2019. Would not be surprised if he's done signing for Panini. And yes, that means as rookie autographs are going to become very expensive, much more than the, than they are if we go years on end here without an on-card auto of Luca. What about what about non-rookies? You say he didn't sign after 2018? Oh, that, so these are two non-rookies right here. Only stickers. They only have stick, yeah. Only stickers on the cards. And I these are not the stickers see... that they think his mom signed. Yes, from the rookie year. So my thought is that he hasn't signed for Panini in over a year, and that he might not going forward. And because of that, I'm sure we'll see a little bit of a LeBron effect come into play. Also, uh, we're 26 minutes in, and I see we have 100 viewers. We appreciate that, but please hit that like button as it does help us get more viewers in here to talk about sports cards and to talk in the live chat because there's a lot of good. Live chat going on. Ziggy, great insights on the Luca Auto. I appreciate that for sure. All right. Michael Moore, what's the proper way to go about doing a trade with someone online? One, do it with someone you trust an insane amount. Or two, use a middleman who can take the package and uh, ship the car to both you and the other person who the middleman's very trusted as well. Trading online, very difficult. Make sure you know exactly who you're dealing with. Otherwise, you can get burned. And I don't want you to get burned. So I'd avoid trading. Unless you know the person, like I know Nate, or someone, or like if you made a super good friend in the hobby, I guess. Yeah, I would really, I would really strongly advise on knowing the person in person, at least yeah. meeting them in person at the national. It's a lot harder for somebody to try to screw you over if they've met you in real life and know you're an actual human being instead of just a name through Instagram uh, type yeah. of thing. Because yeah. even even you'll see guys with blue check marks, you'll see guys with seven thousand followers all of a sudden disappear delete their instagrams because they made off with ten thousand dollars worth of cards and they're gone yeah there, there's some now as great as this hobby is in this market in this industry and you know our slab stocks community and everyone watching this video and everything there's a lot of people who are trying to get an upper hand on people through obviously shady ways scamming ways and i want you all to avoid that as much as possible i would have really advised against trading online 
if you have any inkling of like, hey, this might not go well. Would really advise you can probably most likely find that card through buying somewhere or through trading in person if you can get to shows. Hopefully, um, I would I would really try to suggest uh, staying away from the trade space. All right, moving hey, on. Uh, uh, one more one more thing. Oh, all right. There's a lot of uh, Australian Facebook trade groups, and a lot of them rely on others vouching for people and letting others know that they're good to deal with. Uh, that happens on Instagram too, where it's like, "Am I legit?" <laughs> Post, and then people are like, "Yeah, he's legit. He's legit." Still doesn't mean he won't screw you over for you know a quick five thousand bucks. Yeah, I mean, so he did one successful trade of someone else, and then he just did that just to, so someone vouched for him, and then he screws over the next guy. You know, yeah. it, it can all go wrong. Hey, Nate, I there's mean, a good Facebook question. With the best, even people with the best intentions may uh, be swayed yeah. if they think they can make quick, a quick cash. So, mm -hmm. Hey, before getting on to the next uh, PowerPoint slide, how about you answer this question, Quay? Uh, Spencer Torkelson, worth the hold. He is, for those of you that don't know, he was the first overall pick by the Tigers in this last year's draft. He is a first baseman that is going to be miscast as a third baseman. Maybe he has the athleticism and the ability to pass at third base. Likely, he's a first baseman long term. Um, the bat's amazing from everything I've heard. I've never watched him play in real life, so I wouldn't know. Uh, but everything I've heard and read, the bat is amazing. I would just say that I would probably, if you have it, sell it now because the price is going to be astronomical because Bowman Draft just came out. And then buy the same card in like two months when the price is 100 bucks lower, 200 bucks lower. And you can have the same card and a hundred dollars profit. There we go. You heard the man. All right, Jordan Hudson coming back. Last week he offered the Joe Burrow rookie card from Absolute. This week he says, if the live stream gets to 100 likes, I'll donate a hanger box of NFL playoff for slab stocks to give away. You heard it. We're back at it. 100 likes on this live stream, and Jordan Hudson's going to give away a hanger box. And the way that will happen is if we hit 100 likes by the end of the live stream. Be sure to comment when the live stream gets posted directly after because then we'll get the the um, the giveaway done through the comments on this video. It's impossible to do it real time with, with, the, with the chat, but there's, afterwards we'll do it. There's conveniently 104 people in here, so if they all went to the bottom and clicked the like button real quick, takes two seconds, whew, done deal. Let's see. Let's see. I'm going to go check in on how many we're at as we move on. Oh, that is too bad. My phone was not muted. <laughs> Looks like we are at 43. So we got another 60 or 57 to go. There we go. Hey, Jeff in a Josh Allen jersey is calling your name. I, I like it. One second. What, what we got this? Yeah, how do we, we get this gone? There we go. There we yep. go. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate changing the uh, the little thing in the parentheses every week. I cannot wait to see what he has next week. Uh, Nate, my man, gives love to Josh Allen. Go Bills. I'm originally from Buffalo and a lifelong Bills fan. If you've watched the very few youtube videos we've done on football in the last few years you will know that i love josh allen and the reason i love josh allen is because he can run and he has a very strong arm and i didn't know if anything else would happen with him but i knew that gave him a very high floor um as compared to like a sam darnold or um you know somebody like that baker mayfield uh so i love josh allen i still love josh allen it really helps having a Stefan Diggs caliber wide receiver on his team. Uh, Cole Beasley is killing it this year. Have you seen that? He's got like almost a hundred catches and like 700, 800 yards. Uh, the dude's going off. So yeah, Stefan Diggs is really going in. It's crazy. Crazy. 
Wait, we didn't actually answer the question. Oh, we didn't? He had an actual question under there. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) whoops. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is a general. I'll just read it. This is a general hobby topic. Could you guys pull the curtain back on these huge box case breaks? Houdini is doing a hundred case break. He must have have about 10 employees to go through all the cards. I've never done a break before. I kind of think this is fun opening them yourself. Anyways, if you guys know anything about this, could you provide some insights? Yeah. I didn't know if you had any insights. I was going to ask for posting it, but I didn't. So if you have any insights. Because I used to join some of these hundred case breaks way back in the day when Nate and I were getting into the uh, into the prospect game back in the day when we started um, together buying and selling cards and whatnot. And he basically does a player break where you get a player for all hundred cases of Bowman. I do not know the logistics behind it. I do not know if he has employees helping, which I'm sure he does. I mean, that's impossible to ship that many cards on your own, or at least you're going to be up for like ten straight days to twenty straight days probably ripping and shipping, um, sorting, all that stuff. I I don't know how it goes down between. I know that he gets his supply straight from blowout. I think he's a blowout empo- employee, uh, admin on blowout forums. So that's how he gets the cases and then rips them, sorts them, ships them. I guess that's all I got. Woo. That's all I got. All but, right, let's move on. <laughs> they're generally uh, player auctions, I think, to where people like, post an auction bid in the oh where you're like price. you're like oh let me buy um joe blow third rounder from the brewers and see if i can get like six of his autos for 70 bucks yeah pretty much that'd be hey. tough this year with 118 players oh my gosh yeah it will be global sports car investor all the way in australia got our gold edition t-shirt finally thank you so much really appreciate that that's awesome all right could you share with us your knowledge on graded cards authenticated with Mike Baker? I've seen gold cards throughout eBay, mainly with silver, gold, black stickers on them. Does anyone or does having his authentication add any more value or is it not worth the investments? I'm failing to understand why getting the already graded card to be graded again. Thanks. Well, I think your last sentence kind of hit it on the head. I'm failing to understand why getting the already graded card to be graded again. I think that same thing. Uh, we posted a meme of this on Instagram that had like 200 comments on it where people were like, what is this? This is dumb. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to the hobby, all that stuff, or worst idea for the hobby. And basically, Mike Baker, um, I don't know who he is. I'm but sure he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's, yeah. He he takes a sticker and he puts it on a graded card. And What stops me from making the exact same sticker? And I'd venture to guess that more people in the hobby space right now know Slab Stacks Nate than Mike Baker. Although maybe after these stickers, maybe not. But before the stickers, probably. <laughs> but but what what stops me from just completely copying whatever he's got here and making this a sheet of stickers just like this and putting them on all of mine? I mean, there could you could probably rip this thing off in two seconds. No, like if you get the exact same press to make these stickers with the exact same hologram and everything. Um, yeah, basically puts them on a card, and there you go. They auction on eBay for higher than what the normal PSA 10 would go for, and I I don't have any evidence behind it. I don't like to start rumors, but I'd venture to guess that there are not people who actually believe that these cards are worth that much out there buying them. I don't. I just can't see it. I can't see why someone would go and spend an extra three hundred dollars on well, a black diamond. You might have a new person going in and buying. Now, you know, like, you know, oh. that's that's 100% true, and that's why I made that meme, to try to make it like, hey, guys, like, this is just something that's trying to bolster, you know, the the perceived value of it when there's really no difference. I mean, 
who is who's going to look at a PSA 10 and say like, wow, black sticker versus silver sticker? Yes, please. Like, I mean, I'm sure there might be some people who are new to the game that wants a fifth, sixth, seventh opinion. It seems now on graded cards, but yeah. Here, okay. So T206, they do this in coins. You guys can all read that. Here's my question. To now, I know, I know, I read the thing, and he talks about it. You know, it's really about the centering on the card being the premium aspect of his, you know, look into the cards. But like, it makes sense for for Panini to be or uh, PSA to be able to grade a card because it has to pass these qualifications and it's a PSA ten. And they don't care how many PSA tens there are; it's just a PSA ten. But for him to say this is in the top one percent or five percent of all PSA tens. Would you not have to look at every single PSA 10 out there to judge them all side by side to then yeah. be able to decide which PSA 10 is better than the others? The only way that that could even even be possible is if you get like 100 Juan Soto PSA 10s and, the, and he decides to put stickers on 30 of them, the 30 best looking cards, and then there's only 30. So he has to be controlling himself if he wants to claim that. Is that of the stickers, this is the one of the 30 best, you know, type of thing. And at that point, it's just a, like a pop control game where you're just controlling what gets what. And it's just, just bad news. I would save your money and buy a normal Juan Soto PSA 10 tops update. Don't spend the extra money. Save your money. Get the one that is the PSA 10 and not with the sticker on it. I don't see any benefit. All right, enough of that. Nate, this was yours. Um. Yep. One second. Uh, I want to slap socks Nate authentic cat. Kyle Guy PSA 10. If you send me a Kyle Guy PSA 10, I will do something to authenticate it. I'll, I'll autograph the PSA case. Oh my gosh. And this is top 1% of all Kyle Guy PSA 10s that Slab Stocks Nate has seen. Oh my gosh. All right. That's going funny. forward, what do you think the 2020 NFL prism value can be in the next three to five years, considering this is a loaded rookie class? Thanks. Now, I only took the quarterbacks. Obviously, there are. Uh, you know, wide receivers, running backs, that type of thing. Uh, wide receivers galore. I mean, you got Mooney from the Bears, who was a fifth-round pick, who's, you know, really good. And he wasn't one of the top, like, ten wide receivers taken in the first and second round. But I only took QBs. Now, you're looking at prices here. Obviously, no PSA 10 cards. And we've got 150 for Justin Herbert, 85 for Burrow, and 85 for Tua. Who would have seen that coming? Obviously, Burrow got injured. But I would not have, never have guessed, even with Burrow's injury, that Herbert at any point this year would have been more expensive than Burrow. That's crazy to me. Um, even though he's uh, Herbert's amazing. I've watched all the video, all the highlight videos and stuff. So don't get me wrong there. But down here, you'll look at the 2018 draft. You've got Baker Mayfield one, Sam Darnold three, Josh Allen seven, Josh Rosen ten, Lamar Jackson 32. And obviously Lamar Jackson had a couple games behind Joe Flacco his rookie year. Um, but the rest of them were playing games. And I'm sure you would have probably said at that time, 2018 uh, NFL draft class loaded. What can I expect in three to five years? And so this is just pointing out that you just really can't expect anything. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, a promising player like Baker Mayfield might have his team turn into a running offense and he barely throws it. You might have guys like Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen in here that people are like, oh, he's really good. And all of a sudden, well, Josh Rosen was never good. But Sam Darnold had a few promising games, but he really just sucks. And then uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson really have really blown up, so you can't really say anything about them. But I'm sure out of these three guys, we're going to look back in three years and say, ooh, not actually that good. Um, yeah. And so just just beware that while it looks good now, sometimes it's just good to get your money 
and go on to the next QB. Let's remember a lot of this also hinges on like how the teams trend over the next three years. Like the Dolphins right now are the best team, or at least record wise, of these teams. But the Bengals have got a lot of work to do to put a good team around Joe Burrow. The Chargers still have some work to do to get, put a really good team around Justin Herbert. I mean, that really hinges even more on the QB success and maybe what their talents are in themselves. You know, so like it's a lot of other circumstances too to where it's, you know, it's risky. I think that's what yeah. we've been trying well, to say in football is that's risky. I will say, while it is uh, based on team, you know, Justin Herbert, Anthony Lynn has done some of the worst clock management I've ever seen in my entire entire life the last couple of weeks. Um, multiple times where the, the game is ending, the half is ending, and he's trying to get the field goal team on the field. Uh, and uh, yesterday, and he couldn't get him on, and Justin Herbert was going to run a fourth down. They had no timeout. Um, and then they couldn't get him on. You know, and uh, then a couple weeks ago, Justin Herbert lined up for a uh, QB sneak, but he was the only one that had that memo. The entire line dropped back in pass protection, and he got destroyed trying to QB sneak through a pass protection offensive line, and that's on the coach. So the prices here are pretty incredible considering uh, the coach has been really bad and the team's been really bad. Can we just take a second to look and see that Josh Allen scored 23 rushing touchdowns? Dude, you like that? You like that? Can you believe that? 23 rushing touchdowns. Lamar Jackson has 16. Would not have believed that. He actually has um, four more touchdowns than Lamar Jackson, and he has the most touchdowns overall. Yeah. Josh Allen. But Lamar does have 1,000 more uh, rushing yards. He does. He does. And less interceptions by a lot. Yeah. But, you know, you don't sling the football like Josh Allen and worry about interceptions. That is true. When selling, what is your recommendation? What time and day of the week to end your auction? So I will say this. If you just ask this question to the average sports card seller or just another sports card seller, buyer, whatever, I think everyone's first instinct is Sunday night. First instinct from everyone, Sunday night. But keep in mind, it's COVID right now era. People aren't really out doing a whole lot. I will tell you this. We're making a newsletter for a year and a half. Fridays and Saturdays, every single day, are the lowest supply on eBay. Every single day of the week, it's always Friday and Saturday. And if you were to list a card on Friday or Saturday, ending Friday or Saturday of the next week, you would have a much better shot to make it into our email than if you listed on Sunday. And I think that that applies not just for our email, but also for a lot of other people out there who are looking at sports cards they probably have like 100 things in their watch list ending Sunday night. If they see your card throughout the week or if they're looking at it on a Friday night and they see your card, there's going to be so much more competition for that card versus a Sunday night. So I think that it's any day other than Sunday night during the week, whatever day you want, any day other than Sunday night is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, I don't understand why Friday is not more popular. Uh, for most people, Friday is payday every other week unless you work at like Menards, then it's every week. Um, I know if you work at Walgreens, payday is Thursday, but for the most part, payday is Friday. And you would think that on every second payday after people have paid their rent or their mortgage or their phone bill or whatever, that second paycheck comes in and it is just money in the bank that you'd want your cards up on Friday because they're flush with cash. They haven't gone into the weekend yet. And they're like, yeah, I got money. And they spend it before they've gone to the bars or before they've gone out to eat or, you know, before they go buy uh, a Brewers game ticket or something. 
Yeah, and and also, I mean, just think about like now, like really right now with how much the car market's popping, people there's just not that much going on right now. I mean, if anyone watches a card and has a normal eBay account where they like actually manage it, like that they get notifications and they're paying attention when auctions are ending, which are going to be the people who are bidding on your items regardless of if it's Friday or Sunday night, they're going to see it and they're going to want to bid if they want the item. And there's just less uh, competition on Fridays and during the week too. That's what I think. I'm glad this question was asked because I've been thinking it for a long time. I, I I have forever been on the Friday bandwagon and it seems nobody else is on the Friday bandwagon. I just feel like there's money in the bank that's being ready to be blown because people aren't are like flush with cash on every other Friday. Yeah, I guess uh, there's two different ways to look at it. Because in my mind, it's just there's so much in the end Sunday. It's like, how do you even keep track of it all at some point? It's absurd. It's absurd the amount. And this is there's a there's a solid point, T206 guy. Maybe for base it doesn't matter much, but for for ever cards, so cards you would buy and hold, huge cards. You often see those end on Sunday night. Uh, a, a lot of time that has to do with. Probstein ending uh, big cards on Friday night or Probstein, however you say it. Um, you mean Sunday night? Yeah, what did I say? Friday night. Oh, Sunday night. Yeah, sorry. Um, so that that's a valid point. But also, we watched a blue Patrick Mahomes retail blue PSA uh, nine. PSA nine, and the other day that was on Saturday. I think it's on Friday. On Friday, and that ended for Friday, like thirty two thousand yeah. dollars. Um, yeah, so it's you know it's going to get bought. I don't think it goes for more on a Sunday. Somebody that's interested in Patrick Mahomes and looking for it, like you said, is going to find that card. Yeah, that's how I feel. Oh, we got a Nate Nate question here. Oh. Baseball. Can you rank which tops Chrome refractors will have more long term uh, desirability between base refractors, Sapia, Pink, and Prism? Prices appear to be similar on all of them. So I just pulled up Fernando Tatis. He's the first name that comes to my mind. He's usually always the first name that comes to my mind. And you will see here we've got refractor price for $70 shipped, um, another $70 shipped for the Sapia. So that's the same deal. Uh, $90 shipped for the pink and uh, $150 shipped for the prism here. All auctions except for the Sapia and all ending within three days of each other. So obviously the prism is way more expensive. So three of them, is the prices legit? are similar, but the prism... Uh, refractor is uh, significantly more expensive Nate, already. Nate, is that legit? Like, do you see more sales around 150 for that prism? Um, I saw one that was a buy it now, at like 120. Interesting. It seems super high compared to refractor. I know. I know. I haven't done that much research in baseball as I have in the past years, but it just seems super high compared to the normal normal refractor. Now, would you go to the next page? Yeah. So now we have their pop reports. And so you got the pink refractor, 582 PSA 10s. That doesn't really matter. I'm just looking at the graded cards, 806 graded pinks, 572 graded prisms, 1,269 refractors, and 487 sapias. Now, if it was me, I would have said refractor right away because it's the generic card. It's, you know, it's long term. It's going to be well known. But you have 700 more uh refractors than prism refractors and here's the price and this is probably a bit high fair point um and then you have sapia a little bit lower on the uh on the graded amount than the prism um but i just don't think people like the sapia it's just not a good looking card yeah i agree so i'm still i i would probably still go refractor even though the the pop report is higher but uh there's a case there's a case to be made for prism 
but I think I'm still going Refractor despite the 700 more graded cards. I think that Refractor is, well, first off, it's much cheaper. Second off, I, you know, just think based on like how many people know about a Refractor and would rather have a Refractor versus a Prism Refractor, it's kind of plays into the same thing as like red, white, and blue versus like silver or something, or base even, and now with basketball base. And mm-hmm. uh, many people want the base over the, over the red, white, and blue. Um. Also, can you go back to that one second? Uh, very hard to get a PSA ten apparently in Prism Refractors. What do you mean? There's hundred fifty percent. PSA nine is two hundred ninety four. PSA ten two hundred sixty five. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is under fifty percent. It is tough yeah. to get to get PSA ten. That helps you the value, I'm sure. All right. How come people don't learn their lesson about buying random young players and hoping they hit? Like how people bought Bull Bull and now the same thing is happening with THT and I'm sure will happen with many other players throughout the season. Talking about how Trey Young surpassed his peak in August and now people, the expectations are so high that if he doesn't you know, play amazing, his prices might go down. Same thing happened with Kyle, Kyler Murray this year and he's an MVP candidate. So why doesn't the market learn their lesson? And this is from Zach Cards, who I am pretty sure is Zach Jacobs in this stream. So thank you for joining and thank you for asking the question. And I think there's a couple different questions here. First off, the Kyler thing, way too much football demand hit way too fast going into the football season, regardless of how anyone played, no matter the player, it was all too high. There's not that much normal football demand. There's just not enough true football demand out there to hold up with those prices where people are moving from one thing to the next, got priced too fast. People realized that they didn't really want the cards started selling, prices go down. I think that's different than basketball because with basketball, you know, there's a huge market that wants these cards all year all year round. And yes, sometimes the market dips because that's what happens in markets, peaks and valleys, uh, based on you know what the consumers are doing. And back when basketball bubble was winding down, people were transitioning to football, which is why you saw that Kyler go up. And yes, Trey Young is super high. I will say that he has gone up a whole lot. Expectations are very high. If he doesn't, you know, produce another 29 to 9 season, I'm sure the prices might dip a bit. But I think that there's just so much more to like past just this season with basketball and with Trey Young that it's not necessarily a bad buy. Like I'm not sitting here being like, oh, all Trey Young, you can't buy it right now because of the fact that basketball market is such a short and long-term game. Like people are really looking at basketball for the next five years even to buy cards for because yeah, you might buy a card at $2,000 and it goes down to $15,000, sorry, $1,500 by the end of the season. But in two years, that card might be 5K. And that's really why people are still buying cards, even if they think these things. And in terms of the whole THT and Bobo thing, that I, I can't even explain that. I, I I can't because I don't understand it. I can't personally even tell you why stuff like that happens. People just want to go and buy the next guy that might double up to 100 after they buy it at 50 after his 25. I can, I can tell you why. Sure. <laughs> people don't want to do work. You know, the people, yes, the people yeah. buying those cards, unless you really, really believe in Talon Horton Tucker, the people buying those cards are just, you know, they just see a hot name and they buy it because they're not doing their own research and looking into stuff. They're just being following trends. And it happens in literally every, every aspect of life. People just follow trends because they don't want to put in the work to find their own trend. That's what it is. That's a good explanation. And I, the other thing I can't explain is like exhibition games. Like Bobo was like 15 points in an exhibition game. At least, at least THT dropped like 31. Yes. Also, also, THT had a couple nice shots yesterday that I saw that were like, yeah, and he, he looks kind of athletic too. Not gonna lie. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, then we but, have to, still, but still, but still, I remember, remember that'd be like basing some um, 
prices off of uh, spring training games in baseball. And nobody would do that because nobody would be crazy enough to take a Matt Thice auto that's $3 and drive it all the way up to $20 uh, in one week because he hit like four home runs in a week during spring training. Nobody would do that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. And then and then and then Matt Thice drops all the way back down to five dollars or whatever it's at now. I, I actually thought of, of the exact example when you brought up spring training. I still remember back when we were starting. That was right when we were starting the article super hard and stuff. That was is Matt Tice and it was like ah, was it some pirates guy or something? I don't know. Someone that someone was all over just going up like crazy. Ooh, more tops action. Perfect. Why did Tops think having images of Tatis Jr. and Guerrero Jr. throwing was a good idea for their rookie cards? I prefer Bowman first because of this alone. And um, thank you. Thank you. There's been a couple questions in here that have been pet peeves of mine forever. <laughs> and this is one of them. Now, Fernando Tatis, decent defender, so it's justifiable, but his bat is amazing. Nobody in the history of the world has ever said Vlad Guerrero Jr. defender. Those two words have never been put in the same sentence ever in the history of the world. And yet here they are having him throw a baseball. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, and this is obviously Topps Chrome update. Um, in his regular Topps Chrome and his Top Series 2 short print, he is hitting. as. But in his Topps Update rookies and his Topps Chrome Update rookies, he's throwing. Maybe they didn't want to have two pictures of him hitting uh, to get people confused. But... It's still ridiculous, and it is ridiculous for Fernando Tatis, too. And it keeps popping up. Guys that are clearly known for the bat uh, being pictured uh, throwing or fielding or catching a fly ball. It's absurd. Uh, Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge from a couple years ago. Pictured up against the wall. Oh, yeah. yeah you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. just like Aaron Judge is a 6'8", 280-pound human being that's known for mashing home runs. Hey, he's he's had a couple nice catches in his day. He's had a I understand. Nice I understand that he's good at catching, just like Fernando Tatis has highlight plays. It's yeah. just if you're known for hitting, give people what they hey, want. They hey, want a hey, hitting hey, picture. Nate, I don't get it either. Um, someone, oh, the end of this question. I prefer their Bowman first because of this alone. So Vlad for sure. Vlad's got a nice Bowman first Chrome card. But Tatis is ain't he just like standing there with the bat, just like. But the yeah. bat, you know, like yeah, once I so I, here, here's the thing. I, I the rookie debut for Tatis is a nice looking card, but I hate rookie debuts so much, and I know that you do also. So it's hard for us to be like, oh, rookie debut is is the one to have because it's not. Let me make, make that clear right now. It's not. But the picture, oh, imagine that picture on the series two card. That would be awesome. You know, a vertical up and down, him smashing a ball. That'd be so cool. It would be. So, Oh, also, I, also the horizontal card for Fernando Tatis. You know, they did two, two, two wrongs do not make a right here in that they made it vertical instead of horizontal, and they uh, have him throwing instead of hitting. Hey, I will say this: if you get the correct horizontal picture, sometimes it's a cool card. Sapphire Soto, twenty nineteen is a really cool card. True, that's a really cool one. True. Um, hey, uh, yep. Quick comment here. My pet peeve is using the same photo in a series one rookie and the complete set like Bo Bichette. Uh, I don't know if you've looked into this, Aaron, but you know, a couple years ago, Ronald Acuna tops complete set and Ronald Acuna tops update, same picture, but the tops logo is on different sides of the card. Yep. This year, looking into it, it appears that they just took series one and series two cards and put them in there. There's nothing did. to differentiate 
uh, a Topps complete set card and the Topps Series 1 or Series 2. It says Series 1 and Series 2 on the back. The logos are on a different side. Yeah. It doesn't say you like complete sets then the number not the cards not i have not opened one but the cards i saw from people on instagram showed series one series two on the back i was looking at luis robert specifically where it said series two on the back and i said well maybe the tops logo is on a different side i look up the regular one and the one that was in the picture nope was it Orin talking to you about that because i know he's bringing it up to me uh it, it was not Orin. i think i saw it on like a post but it blows my there. mind that that it appears it appears i could be wrong i only did one example and only looked it up once but it appears that the tops complete set cards are just series one and series two wait let me bring let me wrap into here what zach just said because this is obviously i'm more involved in basketball cards and nate's more involved in baseball cards but the john morant was a huge pet peeve of mine this year hoops prism optic all the exact same picture optic more zoomed in than prism Hoops more zoomed out than Prism. So it's kind of like Hoops was really zoomed out. Then they zoomed in closer for Prism and then closer for Optic. But come on, man. Your three three of the biggest releases of the year all have the same stinking picture. Like, what is that garbage? So that's why I like Select so much because they always have the, the first action shots of their um, rookie season in them. And, and those are always different. I, I really appreciate that. But yep. obviously, by Zach's comment, I don't appreciate that when they do do all the same pictures. Okay, so apparently I was not correct. Again, I only looked up one example, and the guy might have just been holding up a top series two and pulling everyone's chain here. But for Bichette series one on the back, it says 78 series uh, series one, and on complete set, it says Toronto two, I believe. So if that's accurate, then, you know, significantly better. And I take back crapping on tops. Uh, global sports car investor, maybe COVID would have had an effect on their cap- capacity to get photos. Um, this all happened pre-COVID, so... That would be a no. I do have a question though. How did they get? They photoshop. They photoshop prison football. Did they photoshop Bowman draft? Because there's like photoshop of like Garrett Mitchell hitting in a Brewers uniform. That didn't happen. Nate, they photoshop Bowman draft for all the time. Oh, do they? Yeah, (laughs) Keston here is a photoshop jersey. Oh well, they play. uh, They play uh, rookie ball. I I know, but it's not. They're all photoshopped. Every single one. Oh. I'm 99% positive, 99% sure on that. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Prism football is Photoshop this year because JT is running in a Colts jersey and there's no way they had pictures of that before printing it. All right, more more Nate questions, it appears. Uh, well, this isn't a really question, but idea for Nate, rank the baseball rookie classes from the last 10 years, combining Series 1, Series 2, and update. Curious where 2020 fits in currently. I don't know who – I put this in because I don't know who shared the question – but I love the idea. So thank you. Uh, big time idea would be really fun to go back to all these years, grab all the players from each year and then rank them in those years and then rank those years and maybe grab prices along the way of prices. Currently, that'd be a pretty good time. I imagine 2020, 2019 are going to come out on top because the prices they're new. So the prices are going to be highest, but it'll be still be a fun exercise. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. I think that you could easily grab the top five guys from each year of production and look at their PSA 10s versus having to like grab everyone. I would just grab the top five to make it very yeah, comparable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm <laughs> not that I'm not that ambitious. I wasn't okay. going to grab like 20 guys. I was going to say I'm not looking at like a our video to download and put together here. <laughs> yeah, with that computer. Uh, what's up, Morgan? Uh, says, what's up, peeps? What's up? What's up, Morgan? 
Thanks for joining. How do you see the introduction of 75 cent shipping cha charge for single cards in eBay impacting things? Maybe this will lower the price on lots or maybe we'll see less lots listed. So yeah, in 2021, eBay is introducing a non-graded one card shipping option for sports cards specific where it's 75 cents or a dollar, I think, depending on the weight for tracking and for a bubble mailer. And I'm not talking about PWE. I'm talking about a bubble mailer, I believe, and tracking for one card. I believe you can ship for a dollar. Correct me if I'm wrong in this chat if it's not bubble mailers and it is PWE, but I don't think it is because I'm pretty sure it's tracking and bubble mailer. What are they and trying to do? Take out Com C? I or think it's CRT a great idea. Or however anybody says it. Yeah, I, but I think Com C, and I don't. I I feel like I might be the only person that refers to check out my cards as Com C. I, I never said C O M C as Com C until you started calling it Com C, and now I can't call it anything but Com C because it's easier. <laughs> it is. <laughs> But uh, I think this is this is really important. This will help uh, break down barriers for people to enter the market too. And not to say that like you know two dollars and fifty cents extra to ship it. Like yeah, it adds up and stuff, and it costs the buyer too even more money. I just think it's like a great thing for people to be like, oh, I can sell this, you know, rookie card that's worth two dollars and only have to charge a dollar for shipping, and then you can easily sell it and stuff. And then you know there'll be more low, low dollar sales and everything, and more people will be involved, which is what we want for sure. Do you think there's a market slash demand for soccer stickers in the U.S.? I I, I completely miss that this said stickers. So this, this slide absolutely makes no sense. I just read it and I saw stickers. I Tommy. bought some McKinney, some McKinney and Sargent and uh, will sent them to Comsi. So this slide is pointless because this is an Optic Hollow Weston McKinney uh, $65 card here. This is not the sticker. I have no idea how much the stickers are worth. I personally enjoy cards. I know a lot of other people enjoy cards too versus stickers who are from America. So yeah, Zach Jacobs says demands for cards in the U.S. He's completely right. Demand is for cards in the U.S. It's what's going to gain the most value over time, I believe. And I think stickers that are like pre-2016, like in Batman before, will do well because the pop reports are low and everything. And it's hard to get your hands on those. But anything newer, like Greenwood, that card or that sticker is just produced into like infinity and anyone else coming out now as well. So I really do think that cards is, is a place also, to be a soccer. Also, I think inherently, inherently, Americans like to be a little different. You know, a little bit of uh, uh, snob. Oh, oh, they like, they like, yeah, snobbish. They like stickers. <laughs> <laughs> we like cards, right? They call it soccer. We call it football, or you know, the other way around. We call it. They call it football. We call it soccer. And now we're going to make our own football that's different. Yeah. Um, so I just don't think that things that take over overseas will ever be able to get big enough traction just because of how Americans minds work or like how we, how we stole uh baseball from great Britain. You remember that story? Oh, like baseball way back in. Yeah. Yeah. Know, like way back like, when in like 1200s or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Or whatever it was is that we, we stole baseball from great Britain. <laughs> yeah. Either way, uh, soccer cards are the place to be. If you're an American, I even think overseas, like if you watch lab Socks FC weekly, I've brought on a lot of people from around the world, Australia, the UK, Germany, multiple people from the UK. And uh, they've all said that cards is becoming such a prominent thing in those countries versus stickers. And I guess maybe it's some bias. I haven't went and sourced an exact person that collects stickers super hard, who probably has a differing opinion. But I do know a lot of people are getting into cards overseas as well. And um, I just think that's the place to be for soccer. And if you want to do stickers, you can do stickers. You know, There's plenty of people that collect those and grade them, especially the vintage ones and old ones. Question: When are we doing the Slab Sox World Tour? Going to dude, the countries, dude, and, uh, checking out cards. Once, once we finally 
become to, not the boys? Yeah, dude, I can't wait. I want to go overseas and go to a game, and it, it'll be sweet. I'm so excited for what's to come in the future in cards. I mean, wait, are I, you playing a game like soccer? Yeah, or we can oh, go to like, or we well, can go to Spain. We can go to Spain and watch like a Barcelona basketball game too. Hey, there we go. That's better. <laughs> Nate, I think that we should someday host a, sh- a sports card show overseas. I think we should too. I think we're really in cool. every country. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's ambitious. <laughs> we sh- do. We should get. Do we should get like little pop up shops, little ambassadors out there that host a, have like a slab stack shop with some products set up. That'd be cool. I like it. Look at like bra- brainstorming ideas live on YouTube. <laughs> Nobody steal our ideas. Nobody uh, steal them. <laughs> dang it! I swear I was gonna come prepared. I swear he's going to come prepared for this question. Oh, Nate's been sleeping on soccer for over yes. a year. So. Yes, very much so. I am very much sleeping on soccer. And I will tell you why. Quick tangent, not about sports cards at all. I was six years old. My dad was behind the goal. I was goalie. Soccer ball is coming in at a snail's pace. My dad says, Nate, use your hands. Defiantly, I used my foot. The ball rolled over my foot into the goal. It was the most embarrassing I've ever been in my entire life. It's stayed with me from six years old on, and uh, I forever have slept on soccer since then. He slept on soccer all that time when I was talking about Mbappe and Messi and Ronaldo and Sancho. And I regret Felix. it, but since I missed the boat, I'm still sleeping on soccer. <laughs> They's like, I can't switch my position now if I missed out that big. Yep. <laughs> All right, I was going to come prepared. I know last week I talked about the hockey cards I had, and Nate talked about it too. I wonder if this person just missed the question last week and asked it again, Randy. Uh, I shared the hockey cards I have in my collection last week, and I wish I had them here to show, but I forgot. Either way, what do you consider buying a Lafreniere? I think I said that right. Or unless it's Lafreniere or something different. Lafreniere, Lafreniere. Uh, Young Guns, PSA 10, when they surface. I would wait. Is this is French? a general consent. What? Is he French? Yeah. Uh, this is a well French Canadian, most likely. I doubt okay. it's just straight French. Yeah. Uh, that'd French be interesting. Quebec. Yeah, that yeah, that'd be interesting if it was just straight French. Uh, but this is a general consensus for more cards than just hockey cards, but important in here too. Do not be the one. Do not be the one to go on eBay and buy a 2020 Prism Lamella Ball base draft picks rookie PSA 10 for five hundred dollars because it's the first or second one graded. Do not be that person because that card will be thirty five dollars in six months. When Prism out, when Hoops is out, when Optics out, when all the graded cards come back from PSA, do not be that person. And with this hockey one too, I would suggest not being that person. I know that he's going to be a stud. I know he's a number one pick and is a stud and everyone's chasing them. Grade your own cards or buy once there's a ton graded because I don't want you to end up spending like $600, $700 on a PSA 10. Next thing you know, when they're all graded, they're like 350 Yep. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Like uh, with Randy Rosarina, the first couple of PSA 10s that came out were 150 bucks, and I guarantee you a ton of people, except for me, because I told Aaron to keep them out, which was probably a mistake now, uh, are grading their Randy Rosarinas, and they're going to be like 50, 60 bucks, which is still yeah. good money. Yeah, it's not, but it's if not you're bad money. It's bad money if you're the one that buys it first for 150. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. All right. I can't watch a sport for 90 minutes without with the strong possibility of a tie. That's a good point, and I actually do agree with that because I find it hard to watch a 90-minute soccer game too, and I like the cards and everything and like bringing people on to talk about it. But what I will say is that Champions League, when there's the Champions League uh, group stages that were going on these past few months, CBS Sports Network actually had 
a show like Red Zone for the NFL, except it was for the Champions League soccer matches. And it was the most interesting thing I've ever watched for soccer because there were about six games being played at one time. And they went game to game with all the highlights of all the games. And that was interesting versus sitting there watching one game for 90 minutes, which is, I must admit myself, is tough. So, Steven, I don't blame you at all. <laughs> uh, was this the last question of the slideshow? This, this was the last question for sure. This is yeah, on hockey, huh? That's, 21, a, that's 21. a new one. I mean, why not? Also, Cardauer, thank you for joining. I know you're a huge soccer fan, so I appreciate you joining up and uh, from Belgium. So around the world, we got many, many people from around you think the world. He missed, you think he missed my harassment of soccer? You think he joined right after that point? I hope he heard how much of a scrub you are at soccer. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, that was it for this live stream. Uh, some things to remember and some things to watch out for this week. So tomorrow, Sam Dunks. I saw a lot of people asking about Sam Dunks for tomorrow and it's a great video the do's and don'ts of buying and selling basketball cards this nba season a lot's going on this nba season with tht already going up like crazy and many more to come i'm sure sam is going to provide the do's and don'ts to make sure that you are doing your research and staying positive and consistent and not overstretching like people are on tht right now and also another thing is that slab stocks breaks if you join late I'm going to go all the way back right now because I know that some people might have joined late and some of you might not have seen it. We're launching Slapstacks Breaks without the highlighted picture. There we go. We're making sports cards accessible, all budget levels. We're doing it through our website, through our shopping cart. If you join our Discord, link in the caption right now, you'll get the most up-to-date information on when those are going live, those packs. And then also the first break is Mosaic Basketball and Chronicles Basketball. And we are chasing Genesis and Orange Fluorescence and Blue Fluorescence. And it will be a grand time tomorrow, Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern time. And that's it. That's all I got. I hope you guys enjoy this live show like every week that we do. Uh, same time next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Look out for our first break on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time live here on YouTube, just like you're watching right now. It'll be live here on YouTube. And let's hope that we pull some pull some huge Zion cards and uh, jaw cards and other, other cards as well. So thank you all for joining me. Nate, thanks for joining again. I appreciate yep, you all here. Pleasure. And uh, yeah, another a lot, another live stream in the books. I can't believe that this was like number nine already. I think I think this is over two months now. We've been doing this, which is crazy. Time flies. Really? Yeah, this is number like nine. We just I think. started yesterday. I know, crazy. Also, if you have a question for next week and we did not get to it in this live stream, in the caption is the form for next week's live questions. Be sure to submit your question. We will try to answer it uh, this week. There's a little light on the question, so we actually did get to pretty much almost everyone. I think so. Thank you, everyone, for joining. I really appreciate you all coming in, hitting that like button, dropping your guys' kind comments in the YouTube live. This will be posted afterwards. It will be posted as a podcast too if you want to go listen back. I hope to see you guys on Slab Stocks Breaks on Wednesday night.